You've been through pre cana maybe we even said I do. And now what? Welcome to After Cana, a podcast for young couples looking to make it until death do they part. In each episode, we'll share sage wisdom and practical advice from couples who have been married for 20 plus years. On today's episode, we are talking to Aurelio and Lupe Garcia from Chicago. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome. I'm really excited to have you on. Um, why don't we start where we always start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, dating, engagement, and marriage? Okay. <laughs> this is how the disagreements usually start. <laughs> so uh, Aurelio Garcia, uh, born in Mexico uh, City, and uh, we immigrated here to Chicago. Um, uh, I'm a lawyer by trade here, and uh, I'm married to my wonderful and talented, lovely wife, Lupe. So we we have differing stories about how we met. Right. Love uh, this. <laughs> and of course, my, my memory is always more accurate. But uh, we both attended Loyola University. And uh, then each went to different law schools. But um, when I was in college, I noticed this really good looking young man on campus who was always dressed very smart, always had a nice shirt, um, just conducted himself um, so well, opened doors for ladies and um, spoke very well. Uh, but I came from Pilsen and I was the very first one in my family to ever go to college. So I was afraid of my shadow. I just wanted to survive day to day. Um, so I, I never necessarily approached him, but I just watched him from afar. And then we graduated and we both went to law school. We went to different law schools, but we continued to bump into each other at different events because back then there were very few Latino students, very few Latino lawyers. So we, we had a very tight and cohesive group. And I continued to watch him um, again, never approached him. And then it was finally until we were both practicing lawyers um, that he actually noticed me, remembered my name, and asked me out on a date. Wow. Something like <laughs> I was about to say, would you say that's accurate? <laughs> so wow. I waited 10 or 15 years, but wow. I knew saw him that he, he was the guy. I didn't know how I was going to get him to notice me, but he was going to be the guy because nobody ever measured up. <laughs> so how long from first date so from college you guys finally met went out on a date what was the timeline from like dating engaged married he he proposed to me about four years after we started dating and we got married five years after we started dating um we we were both pretty independent by then I was 37 38 when we got married and I lived at home and I took care of my mom and he lived with his parents <laughs> I think we were both just pretty comfortable living our independent lives. <laughs> At some point realized, you know, we can't do this forever. We do have to get married. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I feel like 
there's a certain like feeling once you get to a certain age, like, like independence is great. I, I loved being single before I got married and like having my own life and my friends and kind of like being able to um, like do what I want when I wanted, how I wanted in the way that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is really something when you get to a, like your thirties, I always kept saying like, I really have to find someone that makes me want to give this up. <laughs> like, right. like right. I, I built a life that was so great. So finding someone to make me feel like, okay, this is someone like worth giving up my independence mm-hmm. uh, was definitely something I was looking for. So it made me picky, which is, I think a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a great one. <laughs> so, um, but that's awesome. That's awesome. So what was the first year of marriage, like first couple of years, maybe what were those like for you guys? So I, it was, uh, I mean, although we had dated for a while, it, w- it was quite a change. Again, you know, like I said, we're, we were very independent and kind of set in our ways to, to a certain degree. And so it was learning to live with each other uh learning to um you know learning to listen uh learning a willing a willingness to learn mm-hmm. to accept different uh, opinions um yeah. you know we we bought a house and uh we we moved in right after we got married um uh, moved into the house and uh you know so everything that that uh that goes along with home ownership and including a couple disasters right right flooding flooding and oh my gosh like the first couple years of marriage are stressful enough to add like that to (laughs) well (laughs) more than that i mean uh, uh, aurelio ended up having heart surgery my mom got really sick and had to move in with us and so while while we were trying to find our way and understand each other all these other things got thrown in but i think it was good because then we we really had to learn how to team up Mm. and make it through um i i do remember at some point like as newlyweds thinking to myself what did i just do (laughs) was this i mean it it didn't have to do anything with him not being a you know a good person it was just like i i i was so happy i only had to worry about myself like right what happened here now i have to negotiate and I have to compromise. Like this is not cool. Yeah, no, I I'm pretty sure I had that thought the other day too, where I was just like, "What? What am I doing again?" <laughs> like, and I wasn't even in the midst of like a disaster. It was just like laundry, you know. But I I feel like that is, I feel like that should be something that passes through your brain at some point where you're like, "What? What am I getting myself? What have I gotten myself into?" Yeah, yeah. But I don't think that the thought ever when we were going through any of these um, challenges, the, the thought never occurred to us like, oh, OK, well, maybe it's time we go separate ways. Mm. Um, it was always, yep, this, this, this is tough and it's going to take a will to continue to love this person. Um, so h- how are we going to do this? So although there may have been some pretty you know, explosive disagreements at first because we're both lawyers. It's very hard um, not to end up cross-examining each other. We were always committed to each other. <laughs> you know? and, and no arguments. There was never really any big arguments. Uh, it was just actually, we, to Lupe's point, we had to learn not to be litigators. 
right? Uh, and, and cross-examined because we had both spent quite a bit of time litigating and, and you develop a, a sense of, you know, you're listening very carefully for what that person is saying and you're waiting for them to make that, you know, that miss, take that misstep and then you just mm -hmm. jump all over that. And, and so I think that was kind of the, the hard part, right? It was just, okay, wait, we're not in the court and we're not cross-examining each other and we, we're listening. And, uh, uh, and so that just, that just takes time, right? Listening and you're being patient. Um, and, you know, um, and, and service, right? Now you're, now you're being of service to, to this other person and then, you know, throw in the mix of kids and mm -hmm. you totally forget about yourself, right? Um, you know, the, Luke and I were laughing. We, you know, we're, we used to practice with other people's kids, right? We would babysit, um, you know, <laughs> other kids. And uh, that's how we kind of got practice on, uh, you know, not that it would make a difference or not, but it was just like, well, we're going to, you know, while we're, you know, waiting for for kids to happen, right? right. For with kids, it's just, come on, let's take advantage of, and it's being of service, right? Being of service to friends. And uh, again, being a service, so you have to put yourself in in, in last place constantly, mm. and that's probably what's the hardest. It's the hardest part about any marriage or about marriage is putting yourself in last place, right? You're putting your spouse always in first place, and then your kids, and um, and then if you do that, I think that you don't have time to think about, you know, oh, she said this, she did that, or the kids did this, or the and, and you just don't have time, right? right. To think about um, you know what what's what's going on no i've i've got to serve yeah right? I bring my spouse a cup of coffee i you know in the morning that's a good way to start the morning i think um and we we're not perfect we we do it off and on right we, we bring each other coffee um for a while there it was it was pretty consistent and then i'm not sure what happened it was just kind of mm -hmm. different schedules and um, <laughs> getting up and and we drink different coffee too so that mm. kind of messed it <laughs> What would you say, like, in the first year, was there some, like, something that you guys did to kind of foster that friendship or to maybe say, like, hey, you're being a lawyer right now, not my husband or wife? Like, was there anything that you guys were able to, um, like, concretely do? Or was it more just kind of a self-internal thing? Well, I, th I think, uh, but I'm going to go beyond that first year, right? We we were so fortunate. There were uh, there was a couple here from Mexico, an older couple that uh, took us under their wing, mm. and they they had been married for a gazillion years, and they they just helped us. Um, they were somebody that we could talk to, not 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 our own parents, right? Not my mom and dad, and not Luca's mom, but third party. Right. And, and somebody who had been married, who had kids, who were grandparents. And it was somebody that we trusted we could talk to, either individually or as a couple, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the first couple of years, I mean, we were just, it was a learning experience. Mm. Right. And it's kind of our, we had to figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, and we were so unconventional in our group of friends because I worked full time. He worked full time. You know, we're both lawyers trying to raise a family. We both went through some serious medical um, difficulties mm. and didn't really have much support in terms of family. 
and just trying to navigate all of that. It was very stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it's interesting because I feel like when I took pre-Cana, um, we were kind of the oldest couple in the room. And uh, <laughs> that's always the thing where you're like, oh, shoot, like, what what are we doing? Um, but it, it's interesting to try to find peers, like the necessity for peers, I think, is something that I've been learning the need for, because like, right. my husband and I were it's so maybe this is just us but I feel like we're very like homebodies now like now that we're married right now we're like why would we need to see anyone else like it's just us <laughs> like you're the person I love the most and mm-hmm. we leave the house um but I think to have that support system is so important especially in today's like day and age um when society is almost like it almost seems like they're rooting for you to like mm-hmm. separate or like break up or yeah, right. like if it's too hard like it's fine just get a divorce like right there was an article I saw the other day about like why it's best to like start off your 30s divorced and I was like um I'm doing the exact opposite but <laughs> I think like it's underestimated the what a good group of friends can do for a marriage well and, and it's you also have to be very what's i'm looking for um selective mm-hmm. um in terms of finding somebody to help you through marriage and family um, because you want somebody who is seasoned and wise and not judgmental mm-hmm. you know, who is really has your best interest in mind so Although I think it's great to have peers, you know, that you can share experiences with. You just have to be so careful about how much you say because you don't want to embarrass your partner or your spouse, you know. Um, And that's why we were so blessed to have this couple um, because they had been through so many difficulties of their own and had had children. And um, the advice they gave us was so valuable and based in faith and the Catholic church and just so incredibly sound. And I mean, they would do things like go camping with us as a family, you know, and sleep in a tent, you know, just so that we could all be together. And if one of us was just like really out of control to pull us aside and Mm. be like, you know, this situation you could really handle better. And they weren't psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that. Um, they just really cared about us and cared about our family. That's awesome. Uh, and that was especially, I think, important when we had, uh, you know, when we had kids. Uh, we had our, our kids had three sets of grandparents, right? Yeah. My parents, Lupe's, and then this this other couple. I won't mention the name. I don't want to embarrass them. I don't know if they're ever going to hear this or not. Um, but you know, they spent a lot of time with us, and they they loved our kids and. Um, they were, you know, an extra pair of grandparents, and they were a godsend to us, uh, just because it was uh, we could talk to them, and it wasn't, you know, certain things you just don't want to. You know, you always have to be able to talk to mom and dad, right? Your parents, but sometimes you're trying to, um, you want, um, you know, sort of an outsider, right? Somebody that can be objective, because you go talk to, you know. Your parents, well, they're going to take your side. And one of the things that Lupe and I discussed early on was, you know, issues with my family I handled, 
and issues with her side of the family, she handled and we only opined when we were asked to, right? Otherwise, we just kind of stayed out of it, right? And and another thing Lupe was, Lupe and I were discussing earlier, we saw this, um, I'm not sure if it was a podcast or whatever it was, and and a guy was explaining uh, a toast that he was going to make for his kid's wedding. His son was getting married, and he was explaining, he said, you know, um, I'm not welcoming my daughter-in-law into my family. My son and my daughter-in-law are starting their own family, Mm -hmm. and we are the extended part of their family. Right, it's their family. They're not part of our family. We're an extended part of that family. When you think about it, it it's true. That when I got married, and you know, um, yeah, you, you leave mom and dad, you leave them at home, and, and you go start your own family and you know, the kids. And um, <clears throat> it's a great adventure. It's 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 an adventure, you know. Right, and I think that that's where a lot of couples, some of their problems originate, mm-hmm. is uh, trying to please or or trying to manage the problems that originate with their parents or their siblings. And they just have to really keep in mind that you are a completely new independent family and you do what's right for your family and just put all that other drama, all that other nonsense is just access. Mm -hmm. Just focus on your family, God, your spouse, and your children and everything else comes later and laws are tricky i i feel like that's that's <laughs> yeah. something that i've had to learn and i feel like it's it's something i had to learn because i think my husband and i operate very differently within our families because well because of many reasons but one of the main ones that i always like to point to is birth order like i'm towards the top of the food chain in my family, I'm one of the oldest, so I'm used to delegating. I'm used to bossing people around. I'm used to making decisions. Um, I'm also very opinionated, so I don't hold back. Um, <laughs> but he's he's the youngest in his. And so um, the dynamic is very different. And just every family operates differently. We're also from two different cultures. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I think. <laughs> It's very, we actually, the, you said about like you dealing with your own family and like Lupa dealing with hers, like that's what we had to learn because I have no problem giving my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was a lesson I had to learn early on where it's like, maybe it's not your opinion to give, you know? Um, but also knowing that like, we are, we are a family now and mm-hmm kind of making decisions based off of that, but also learning to like coexist in the larger right. system. Mm-hmm. Right. No, right. That, that's still very important. You still have to get along with your in-laws. And, right. um, and so that's, that's a, um, you know, that's, that's not always easy, um, but, you know, you work through it. You work through things, different personalities, and you just right. deal with it. But when all is said and done, you know, it's, it's, in our case, it's Lupe and I and, and the kids and that, you know, those are the ones that, uh, that come first mm-hmm. and for us. I mean, there are other issues, but um, with extended family or other family, you know, parents getting old or yeah. um, it takes a lot of time. But again, it's uh, our concern are our kids. And, uh, and it's funny, our, our kids are all 
in college or in grad school and they're all away and we're home with a dog. And I think we worry more about the kids now than we do. Than we ever did. We ever did. <laughs> and, and we really don't have any, don't really have a need to worry as much as we do, but it's just, you know, we miss them. Actually, we really do miss yeah. them. Um, didn't think we would, but we do. We really, <laughs> really miss them. I was, um, was going to ask about that because you guys are technically empty nesters now. Mm-hmm. And this is like a new part of your marriage. And I, uh, because you guys have four, you have four kids. Right. Yes. Um, but how would you say that having kids like affected who like you are in your marriage? Like, is, was there a change or was it just kind of like, oh, like. Not- Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least I know in my case, you know, I mean, you often see memes and stuff about, you know, oh, my children made me a better person. It really did. It made me a better person. Um, I had no choice you know, either because it was survival or whatever it was. But I mean, I had to learn a tremendous amount of patience when they were younger. And now that they're older, um, I have to learn to accept criticism from them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realized, you know, we, we did raise intelligent children, and they're exposed to a lot of experiences. And so when I get criticism, I think, you know, I, I have to take it to heart and and process it because they're probably right, you know? So every day um, I feel like I'm improving and I'll, you know, ask them for opinions and, you know, advice. Wow. Uh, so I, I've grown a lot. Yeah, it, it's, you learn, um, you mature with them. You, you know, you, I, I, again, just conversations Lupa and I were having, um, you know, we started out pretty strict with the kids, and then as time has gone on, um, we've become a lot, um, a lot, a lot lenient. I mean, we haven't given up. What we've learned is we want to be our kids' best friends, but we 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 don't give up that parental role. Mm. But we we want to be their best friends, right? We want them to be come to us and talk to us, and you know about whatever issues and about whatever's going on in their lives. And and hopefully give them good advice. Um, but you know they're they're older, they're independent. They they have to make their own decisions, and we can just give advice. And that, that's kind of hard. So we we miss them. At least I, I we both do. We miss them terribly. I mean that's part of that's one of the hardest parts is is the fact that well, they're they're at school, but they're doing what God wants them to do, right? And so that's that's the light. The light is. They're doing what God wants them to do. And so they're in school, they're learning, they're getting ready to start their lives. And so we eventually, we kind of will fade in, in, into the shadows with them, right? In a good way. And, and you know, hopefully we've prepared them and, and pushed them forward. And, um, uh, you know, whatever God wants of them, that they'll figure it out soon and, and, and step into that role. And we have each other, Lupe and I have each other, and we're, you know, I think we get closer and closer every day. We laugh a lot. Um, I'm really enjoying him. <laughs> <laughs> He's all mine. I don't have to share. Yeah, right? <laughs> all mine. We had to go to, to a doctor's office recently, and he went with me, and I approached the receptionist, and I said, listen, don't tell my husband that I'm here with my boyfriend. <laughs> it took her a second to process and she's like well, what i said yeah that's my boyfriend over there 
but we're having a really good time. That sounds like a lot of fun. No, it's it's so we we go out um we go out to dinner. We have kind of like little date nights more often. You know, when when you're in the throes of you know, and you know, we we only had four kids, right? And and so in in our circle of friends, we're like a tiny family, <laughs> right? We're a tiny. Everybody else has you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen kids, yeah. right? <laughs> and and so we're we're almost like little misfits because we only had four. But you know, that's what God wanted. He trusted us with four kids, and God bless and. Um, so now we're, we're kind of enjoying that, you know, we can go out to, to dinner and, um, uh, go out to dinner with other couples that are kind of, you know, in, in our shoes, getting there or just beyond it and, and reestablishing old friendships, um, making new ones and, you know, kind of just moving up, moving forward, right? Seeing what God has planned for us. And very much everything's in God's hands, right? I and mean, that's the thing I think we realize that we have no control is, you know, Lupe said earlier when we first got married in between my heart surgery, she had cancer and, um, you know, boy, how many, you know, uh, how many obstacles can, can you throw our way? And um, We got over it. It made us stronger. And it, it grew us closer together. Um and so now it's we're just entering a different phase, right? A different phase of marriage. And, and you know, what was it Lourdes said? And I'm kind of going all over the place, so I'm sorry. What was it Lourdes told told uh, our oldest told our young our oldest daughter told our youngest daughter? What was it she said? I I crawled so you could sprint. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's because you know, we were so we, we were never helicopter parents, but we were just so kind of you know, um, strict, strict with, yeah. with the oldest one. and the youngest one is we're not, we're not as strict. Right. No, I mean, I'm number three in my family and we're a total of eight. And the way that my parents parented like us, the first three is very different. Right. Last, you know, four or five. Um, so we always, I think that was actually something I had to like mentally come to terms with where I was like, you know, I wasn't allowed to do this. And now they're freaking running all over the place, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the freedom. Do you understand mm-hmm. all the rules I have? Mm-hmm. Um, that's funny. I, have your kids said something to you yet about like, wow, I'm so glad like you did this or like you and dad or like you and mom really modeled this for me. And I'm really grateful. Have those conversations come up yet? Yeah, I, I think our oldest, especially after her first semester in college, Mm-hmm. Uh, because we were so strict with her and it really, really annoyed her. Um, she was with Aurelio and she said, you know, dad, I, I learned recently from talking to other kids in college that um, how much you and mom really loved and cared about me. And he's like, well, you know, well what was the epiphany? <laughs> and she said, well, um, I was talking to other kids and they were telling me that, you know, when they were in high school, they would tell their parents, you know, I'm going to go over to, you know, wherever Johnny's house. And they'd say, okay, well, here's 50 bucks. Here's the car keys. And, you know, we'll see you whenever you get back. Whereas our daughter would say, you know, I want to go to Susie's house. And it was, when are you leaving? When are you coming back? We're driving you. We're picking you up. There are no sleepovers. What are their parents' social security numbers? What are their occupations? <laughs> you know, the whole thing. Um, and she said, and these kids are the ones who are having 
most of the mental issues. I feel safe. I feel secure because I know that no matter if I fall down, whatever happens, I'm going to be able to get back up because either I have the skills or I know that my parents are going to be there for me. Um, so that was gratifying, you know, because as parents, that's one thing that you always worry about. Am I getting this right? You know, when we left the hospital with her and the nurse closed the door, we both looked at each other terrified. You know, now what? Like the nurse isn't coming home with us. What do we do with this child in the back? I mean, it really was frightening. I can still hear the car door slam. Um, so now to have her as a full grown adult say, you know, it's okay. You guys, you guys did the best you could and, and it was enough. Yeah. That has to be like the best thing to hear. We were like, Woo! <laughs> yes, that, <laughs> I'll talk to each other. So even if they don't talk to us, at least we know that they're talking to one another and keeping each other on the rails. Right. Keeping each other on the snow. And that's, um, that, that's important because sometimes they're, you know, they, they um, there's radio silence and you start worrying and, and you want to give them their freedom, right? And so you want to, um, you don't want to be a helicopter parent because again, they're, they're in college and they're grad school, whatever. And you know, they, they've got to learn from their mistakes. You just you know, have to be around to pick up the mistakes, right? If they make a mistake. And, um, but you don't want to be overbearing. And so it, it's hard. You don't hear from one of them for, you know, for a week or so. And, and so, okay, well, you know, they've, they've got activities, they've got this, they've got that. And then you hear from one of the siblings, one of the other kids, oh yeah, I talked to some, you know, and they're doing <laughs> fun with this. And they were, you know, they went here, they went there, they did this activity. And it's probably why you haven't heard, you know, from them there. And, and that's okay. You know, even to be able to call one of them and say, hey, don't forget to remind your brother or sister that they got to go to mass, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better to hear it from a sibling than from us true very true and siblings have a different like power over each other <laughs> exactly than, like, than parents do as much as we love our parents there's something there when it's coming from all sides it means a lot <laughs> yeah exactly if if they if anything as long as long as or if they can become each other's best friends or, or friends I, I think luke and i are happy yeah. Right. If if that's the the result, if that's the outcome, we've done that. Yeah. One one of them called us recently to tell us that one of their siblings was homesick, and oh. that we 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 should send a care package. That's so cute. Speaking of friendship, what would you like? Even the story where you can like play these jokes on each other. Is there something that you've done to like? maintain this friendship throughout or like or maybe it was while you were dating or engaged well I mean I, I think one the kids really keep us together you know we because um, we enjoy them so much and we enjoy everything that they're involved with that keeps us very close we've been spending a lot of time traveling to see all of them and you know we when we go see them we do stuff that they want to do um, but even things like I've never watched sports, but now that the kids are in college, I'm watching sports, you know, <laughs> it makes him happy because I'm so excited to sit with him and watch sports because I want to have something to talk to the kids about, you know, <laughs> um, 
whether it's about uh, one university or another university or, or whatever it is. We, we really didn't have, for the longest time, we had one TV and it was in the basement. And that TV was really never turned on. And we didn't have satellite. We, we didn't have an antenna. We didn't have an antenna, right? The only thing we had was internet. And that was solely for the kids' use for school, right? So really, and we really couldn't afford it, you know, either. It's just the, you know, the internet. Uh, it's expensive. You know, the internet, it's just incredibly expensive. And and so now, you know, we're, we, we've, I won't say who, but, you know, we've got a subscription, and uh, so whatever. And so we get to watch, you know, we watch when the kids basketball teams or the football teams are are on and we're watching the game so that, you know, we know what's going on. Actually, we'll call the kids during the game and sometimes they'll answer and, uh, you know, we'll talk to them while they're at the game. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Right. And uh, plus we have and we have other activities. One of, I think. Uh, the kids grew up. We did a lot of camping, uh, a, a lot of outdoor stuff, stuff away from the TV, away from phones. Uh, we made them go outside. And I think that had something to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. Whether or not uh, they're more social, right? They, they know how to talk to people. It's, it's, it's amazing. People come up and your kids are so polite and they're conversationalists. And I did get that from Lupe, not from me, but um you know, just uh, uh, it's just amazing to hear that, right? I mean, you're 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 flattered. Not that they're not capable. They're like they they really are. They're such good kids. I hope. No, they are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, but I think a lot of that had to do with you know no TV and and you know limited phones and internet and um, and we share a lot in common too. I mean. There's hunting and enjoying the outdoors and the dog and uh, work. Mm -hmm. You know, we will share experiences at work and help each other to figure out, you know, how to resolve them and friendships. Yeah. No, so. I think my, so I met my husband at work. We met while working together. Um, and there was this, uh, after we so we continued dating and we both started working in like different places and there was this moment where I was like what what if it was just work keeping us together <laughs> mm -hmm. but then it's actually I I actually think working together helped us because I don't say that you guys work together but like being in the same profession um because I saw him how he worked and while he worked Mm -hmm. And then actually, like before we started dating, really increased like my admiration for him. Right. And I was like, oh dang, like he's mm -hmm. really good at his job. And people respected him. Mm -hmm. And it was just really awesome to see that. And even now, like, even though we don't work in the same place anymore, um, like we have separate jobs. But having like I always say that my husband's my best friend, but not in like the cheesy way, like oh my gosh, he's my best friend. And now I'm like, mm -hmm. he's my best friend. But it's because when I have a problem at work, when I have an issue with like a friend or even a family member, um, or when something good happens, like he's the one I want to tell. He's right. the person that I think of. He's, mm -hmm. you know, the, the number one on my list, whether it's good news or bad news, you know, when I have a problem or like a, you know, dilemma, it's his opinion that I seek first. And mm -hmm. then I'll outsource it. But I think being like, it's kind of awesome when you get to marry your best friend and you're right. like, oh my gosh, we get to do this forever? 
Like, this is yeah, 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 yeah. I was never afraid to be an empty nester. Like, you know, you hear that some couples, when they become empty nesters, they realize they have nothing in common and they don't know who the other is. I was never afraid of that. I was just, I was more afraid of the house being silent mm-hmm. and just missing the sound of all the activity in the house. Yeah. But I was never afraid that, you know, I would look at him and go, who are you? <laughs> you know, we've always done everything together and we've always made time for each other. So. And so the activities change from, you know, drop, you know, being Uber parents, right? So, right. you know, off picking up, dropping off, picking up and this activity, that activity to, okay, now we kind of get to rest a little bit more, right? Slow it down a little bit. And, uh, but, you know, this past weekend, we jumped in a car, drove to Cincinnati, turned around, drove back. And next weekend, we're driving to Michigan and wow. driving back. And the following weekend, we're driving to U of I and driving back. And um, so it's, it's been actually very busy, very, very busy um, visiting the kids at school. And, um, you know, it's kind of hanging out with them. It's 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 a different... It's we're still parents, right? That that role will never end. Uh, but they're older. Uh, you can have mature conversations with them, in theory, and, and we do, and we do, right? Um, but there's they're a lot of fun to be with, yeah. Right? Um, I I think that they they appreciate. Yeah, but us I mean, and, even just when it's the two of us, you know, I mean, I I still really enjoy cooking for Aurelio, you know, and. I'll try different things and I look forward to him coming home and sitting down to dinner and, you know, did, did, did you like this? What did you like about it? You know, should we try it again? And um, he's also very interested in cooking. And so it's been, like I said, we, we have very similar interests. So it's not just, you know, boring evening. Yeah, no, it's nice to hear. Cause like, I feel like that's very reassuring to hear as a newlywed. Um, Cause Again, this is ever since I got married, all of a sudden I'm super cheesy, but it's like it can't get any better than this. You know, mm-hmm. like it's right. essentially you're living with your best friend. Right, right. Um, and- so a, a quick a quick anecdote um about learning to or about just being together and, and doing what each other wants to do. This is really funny. Um so Lupe wanted me to take dancing lessons and I can't hear music. I'm tone deaf tone deaf and so I can't hear the beat and and I just you know ballroom dancing forget it it's just it, I, it's a disaster I just, it's a disaster <laughs> and so she really really wanted us to do this and I look we're just gonna get into a fight because I'm gonna be misstepping stepping all over tripping over myself and this that and the other thing and I thought well you know but compromise um let's learn how to uh, line dance line dance right <laughs> Somebody taught me in high school, my friends, you know, mom taught us how to line dance because, you know, we all needed to do something, I guess. And we would never meet a girl if we didn't know how to line dance. 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 (laughs) And so we did. So I can kind of do that. So I said, well, you know, tell you what, let's 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 take some line dancing classes. And um, that I think I can, you know, I can get through. And so. Just to ante up things a little bit more, I said, oh, by the way, there's a hunting camp down at uh, University of Illinois. I'm going, why don't you come with me? <laughs> and she was game and she, no pun intended, and and she went with me. We went down and we spent, you know, an afternoon 
at a hunt camp, um, I had made a promise that there would be other other women there, and n- none of the women showed up. So I felt horrible. Um, it was disguised, but you know, she was a real trooper, and she participated and asked questions, and uh, it was really nice. And then um, they told us about some barbecue at a at another hunt camp up. Uh, figure out where it was and said do you want to go and she was game and they had a great barbecue and um she actually won a hunting uh squirrel hunting trip so i i you know here she's so we're, we're we never went line dancing by the way <laughs> i'm waiting no. for that up but you know so it's compromise right let's let's do something let's figure out let's figure out what we can do and there's some give and take and um you know one one weekend or one day we'll do what she likes and another weekend we'll do what i like and then we'll spend the majority of the time doing something that we both like mm-hmm. right together and and we're patient and um we listen and uh, so again it's just really funny she's going to go squirrel hunting she doesn't know this i mean she knows that she won <laughs> She thinks she's not going, but she is going to go squirrel hunting. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> you know, marriage is an adventure. You never know <laughs> what you're going to end up getting into. Yeah. I feel about squirrel for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I won't come over for dinner. For <laughs> yeah, tacos will taste a little bit different. Yeah, you're like, this doesn't taste like bistec. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is hilarious. Um, if you guys had one piece of advice for engaged and or newlywed couples, what would that advice be? Um, I think what's really helped me is remembering that sort of hierarchy of God, husband, children, and everybody else. And I've learned that if I keep that order and the right priority, everything will shake out. Um, In the last probably three or so years, I've really spent more time researching and studying empathy Mm. um, and really trying to get myself to understand people's reactions, emotions, and where they're coming from before I react or respond. because of how I was raised and my background, I always saw people more as attacking me or, you know, just being mean or whatever. And now really being able to step back and have empathy and understanding or trying to understand where they're coming from has made um, my relationship with my with Aurelio and with the kids um, really a lot better. And I think they're really finding that seasoned couple that can coach and mentor and that's the key coach not be judgmental not tell anybody what to do but just really coach Mm -hmm. uh, is so important so i'll uh, i I agree with a hundred percent god has to come first right um and that is he's the source of of all graces and and, and um, so we're we're tremendous faith between the both of us, right? God is first, and 
Um, I think we've been able to impart that on the kids, uh, where I think that, that God can, plays an important part in their lives, hopefully the most important. But so it, it's God, it's my, it's, it's Lupe. Um, for me, I, I think I've learned it, it's the spirit of service. Right? I have to help her in the little things, in the details, in everything, right? Um, you know, whether it's taking out the trash, picking up a piece of paper, uh, helping her make the bed, um, just the little things around the house, doing the dishes, right? And, and doing it before you're 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 at being asked to do it, right? It's anticipating, and it's it's being of service constantly. Kind of. and I th I think that's where couples run into problems. They they're thinking they're so they get hung up on thinking about themselves and they don't think about their spouse and that's where you run the, into the problems right um and so if if you can keep that mindset of how can i serve my spouse today what good deed can i do for my spouse today how can i help my spouse um, and, and it doesn't happen every day right you don't think about the you know walk around town what can i do for the work no it's but it's it's something that 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 you develop over time, right? And that way, you don't have time to think about yourself. And so, and and that's important. And so, you know, God, my wife Lupe, and then my kids, and then I, very much so in last place, right? And uh, I'm happy. I think that's a great order. And I, I love my wife. I have to quote her on. I don't know where she got this or where she made it up. I just love it when. When we disagree on things, her her one-liner to me just kind of says, it's all okay. She says, you know, right now, I don't like you very much, <laughs> but I love you. Oh. Right? And so that that's kind of the cue to, okay, you know, whatever. This, this, you know, we'll work this through or, or, or get through it. But I just love that line. Right now, I don't like you. But I love you. And that means, means so, so much. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a learning process, right? Yeah. And I always have to remind myself, I always tell them, oh, you are such a guy. <laughs> you know, like, this is not personal. You are just such a guy. That That is such a real thing. I, like... <laughs> Even though I grew up with five brothers and even though like before I got married, I was like, Ugh, I know men, like whatever. There are just moments where I'm like, you are a dude. You're a dude. Like That is a dude moment. If you could, if, if you were to itemize the features or characteristics of the person that you would love to marry, it would end up being another woman. Oh, hundred percent. It would like, never the characteristics of a man no it's not i keep and telling myself that <laughs> which being is a guy <laughs> yeah you're like you're being a guy and this is why this is why we sanctify each other this is the whole point <laughs> because we're so different and we need each other in order to sanctify each other but well you know. not only sanctify but we complement each other right right we complement each other and so where i'm lacking she's filling in and, and where she's lacking i'm filling in and so you need that you need that other person to be a guy and you need the other person to be a girl right mm -hmm. because we complement each other and, and you know god god knew exactly what he was doing he's got a great sense of humor i think but he, <laughs> he you know 
we, we comp yes, and, and in the process of complimenting each other, we sanctify each other. I mean, she's my ticket to heaven. Without her, I know I can't get into heaven. And vice versa. And one of the things, I mean, just as I think about it, that was really hard for me was I was always a very successful, independent career woman as an attorney. And to find myself in the role where I had to be subservient, at least what the world called subservient was very, very difficult because I did start to feed into the feminist um, ideology. But I realized that I needed him to always be the center and the head of our family because our children would gain a lot from seeing that in our home that would transcend into the school, into the workplace, wherever, that there's always a leader and there's protocol and you have to stand by your leader. Oh, hundred percent. I think, I mean, I could do a whole other podcast on the pitfalls of the modern woman. And mm -hmm. I think it's, it is hard when you get married older to like, we have been told as women that like, we can't have it all. Like, and you think you can. And when you're very successful in your field, it's like, I got this. And then comes along this dude that you fall in love with. And then you're like, wait a second. Like the things that maybe made me super successful outside of my marriage are actually things that I need to reorient. Right. In order to have a successful marriage. And what you end up doing is, I think what I realized early on was, early on come okay early on I'm still early on I'm like mm -hmm. into this <laughs> one of the things I real I have begun to realize is um you like at some point you have to decide of which one you would like to be more successful in like as a right. woman uh, and even for the guys too I'm sure the guys mm -hmm. also kind of have to navigate it probably differently but it's what is what's which success is more important to you and that doesn't mean you're not successful in your career but it's what are you at the end of the day like what is the more important thing mm -hmm. and shifting that perspective was like I could do a whole other podcast on that it, it it is it's a process and it's hard but it's yeah it's worth it it's counterintuitive in this society oh 100 percent um, you know, but, you know, she, she used the word subservient, and and as a friend of mine always said, and so I'll disagree with her. I'll agree to disagree with her on that one. As, as a friend of mine always said, you know, I uh, at home, I uh, I tell everybody that I'm the captain of the ship, and then I turn around and I look at my wife and I point to her and I say, well, that's the admiral of the fleet. <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it. Right. So <laughs> yes, I am the captain of my ship, but. Next to me, I have the Admiral of the Fleet. Oh, that's awesome. Kids don't have to know that. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have to know how everything actually Ooh. works. They do. They do. <laughs> Believe it or not, they do. They know. They know. I'm sure they do. Um, This has been awesome talking with you guys. I hope you guys have had as much fun as I have. But I was wondering if to wrap things up, you could lead us in the prayer to Mary, Mother of Fairest Love. Yes, it would sure, be absolutely. our pleasure. Have to make the font big up here. <laughs> so, you know, as you get okay. older, the the you know the bifocals have to kick in. And the <laughs> we'll give ready? you. Okay, you ready? Right. Mary, mother, mother of fairest love, love, you are the mother of Jesus and our mother. 
intercede for us with your Son, as you did at the wedding feast of Cana. Pray for us, Pharaoh's mother, to strengthen and bless our families, help those called to marriage to find their spouses, and teach them to love with a pure and selfless love. Accompany parents in the upbringing and education of their children with unconditional love. Help those who have answered the Father's call to be consecrated life or to apostolic celibacy to be generous and faithful in their vocations. Bring peace, unity, and joy to the homes of families that are broken or burdened. Accompany with the warmth of your presence those who are alone. You are the mother the mother of beautiful love. Help us to love Jesus' love so we may show each other love full of mercy and forgiveness. May all our love and affection be always faithful, pure, and chaste. Dear Mother, be our refuge in our, in our material and spiritual needs and intercede especially for for everyone listening to the podcast who's either going to get married, starting to get married, or in the process of you know being newlyweds, and or those that are looking for future spouses that they may find the right spouse. May, may we grow in love and come, come to know true peace and joy now and in the life to come in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of After Cana. If you enjoyed listening, share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.